Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. Things and the bad things that may, maybe, maybe. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about sex. sex. Welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. Oh. <laughs> As you can guess, we're talking about sex today. Uh, actually, what we're talking about is. Ooh, I'm louder than everybody else's. Look at that. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> ooh, ouch. Uh, we're talking about Proverbs chapter seven. We're not. Get, we're not going to read Proverbs chapter seven together, um, but we encourage you to go if you have the time to go dig through it. Um, and talk about or read it for yourself, maybe even before you listen to the podcast. If you don't have that time, no, obviously, um, we're going to talk about it quite a bit here. But it's a chapter about sex. Uh, we're pumped to talk about it. A couple things before we get started, though. Uh, first thing, first of all, thank you to everybody who's donating to the podcast. Um, got a whole bunch of new donations coming in. Appreciate that as well. Thank you, you guys. Um, I know I said I was going to read everybody's names when they donated, but they've all been like contacting me and being like, hey, you don't need to say anything, you don't need to say my name. So thank you to the gentlemen who <laughs> <Yeah>. are donating. <laughs> Wait, You're kind of undercutting me. Um, there's only one woman who's donated so far. She's pretty dope, though. <laughs> you could be our second female. You could be our second Don't female donor. Yeah. Don't need- oh, no, Don't. That's, not, that's not true. There's, there's several... But that's the first one who's not related to me. <laughs> so, relatives, you count, but not for as much. Uh, uh, okay, I feel like that was insulting, oh, too. the proverb says. Ouch. Sorry. Take Sorry. Take I apologize to my sisters. <laughs> I love my anyway, relatives. I do, I do love my sisters, and I love my sister's money. Thank you. So. Yeah. Anyways, you hear this, I didn't need to I stop talking. I need to stop talking and move on. Anyway, thank you to anybody who's been donating. As he keeps talking. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you have not been on the website yet, make sure you get on the website. Wanda right now, I know you can't see him, but he's wearing a dope, gird up t-shirt he's repping today. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys around campus repping those shirts at MLC. If you want to rep one of those shirts, whether you're at MLC or not, if you want to rep one of those shirts, you got to get on the website and buy one. All the proceeds go back to the podcast. Looking at getting a new one printed sometime soon here. Uh, It's going to be super cool. It's going to be, frankly, I think it's my favorite one yet. It's got to get it in production. Uh, it's going to be a, uh, a little bit darker than that. It'll be like an athletic cut shirt. Not quite pitch black, but close. Uh, three bars on it. Um, and it'll just say, well, I don't remember what the cord of three strings. Yeah, so Ecclesiastes 17.23 or something like that. Was I right? I think so. Um, but yeah, the idea of the cord of three strands is not easily broken. Um, inspired just a tiny bit by Jerry's tattoo. Um, just a tiny Jerry. bit. He told me I can use that design as long as it's not exactly like his. Yep. So I don't know if I can get his a tattoo because he's got it. It's the perfect tattoo in the perfect place. Just but <clears throat> it's right there. Bar. It's so good. So but. funny story about that. This is totally tangential. It's fine. Um, right when Jeremiah this just became that, a long form podcast, yeah. just like that. Tangent. When Jeremiah got that tattoo, that was around the time when Jumanji came out. Um, the first. Oh, one. the lives. Well, the the, the the first of the new ones. <laughs> oh, I was gonna <laughs> say. I was like, First one with uh, Jack Black in it. Yeah, and, and there we go. The That's the most. No- okay. And it's the lives on his arm. So I remember I asked him like, "Do you?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so it, it was not at all influenced by that. But I've heard. That's I've awesome. Witnessed multiple like campers at Camp Philip ask him, 
Is that from Jumanji? I don't remember who else said that. Somebody else was Wait, talking. So are was, they pretty short then? Because if you have them longer, then it would. No, be they're big. they're this way. Yeah, it's it's oh, like a line. Oh, gotcha. Like, yeah. It's like an equal sign except three of them. It's almost it like it's almost like you know those those bumper stickers that are like the equal rights thing. You know, whatever. Like sure. It's like the yellow equal sign. Uh-huh. It almost looks like that except there's three bars instead of two. Oh, what? It's, a, it's okay. like an equal sign Stop. with another symbol attached to it. Anyway. Yes. Yes, it's it is, It's an underlined equal sign. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> Keep my words and store up my commands. <laughs> That's the beginning of Proverbs 7. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got two other things. Okay, two other things. If you have not signed up yet, um, you got to get online. you got to sign up for the Gird Up Collegiate Men's Retreat. Yes. Uh, November 12th through the 14th. I'm at Camp Phillip. It's going to be dope. Cam's going to be there doing the music. Yes. Um, ben, there you go. Don't leave me hanging, man. Uh, and then um, uh, Pastor, oh boy, Pastor John Emter is going to be there. He's talking about well, who God says I am as a man. Uh, he emailed me last night, so he's probably going to use uh, the story of Gideon as Ooh. the foundation for that. And that's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's going to be super dope. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, legacy, both the legacy we've been left and the legacy we plan to leave as men. Um, we have some awesome fellowship and worship time, good food, a uh, beautiful place out in God's creation. Uh, right now, the plan is to have one massive game of Capture the Flag, too, and it's going to be dope, like in the woods. It's going to be so good. Um, so lots of exciting stuff going on. Gus isn't going to be there, but nope. but we'll be there. Wanda, are you going to come? I'm hoping on it, yeah. Yeah, dude. It'll Sounds be like a great time. All right. Uh, make sure you sign up. There's only 50 spots, and we're going to cut it at 50. So make sure you get your get your spot. I know it's out there always, but, man, it's already middle of September. If you wait too long, you're going to run out of time. So make sure you get your spot. Get on the website. It'll be right on the landing page. Click on it. Click sign me up. Um, it is, it is uh, an investment to go, but, man, it's going to be so worth it. And the quality of the speakers that we've got, um, dude, it's, it, yes, it's a, it's a great value. Um, it's going to be an awesome weekend. It's going to provide a ton of value to your life. Last thing is if you are, whether you're an older guy looking for life coaching or a younger guy just looking to help uh, keep your house in order and keep your life together, make sure uh, that you're signing up for mentoring. Uh, we would love to, even if you don't work through us, just get on there and help us find, help you find a resource that you can use. Um, obviously, we'd love to mentor you, but um, if you, if that's, if we can't help you, we're going to be honest with you and tell you, but we will help make connections for you too. So, with an older guy looking for like business or life coaching or whatever, um, we've got spiritual advisors we can we can hook you up with. Um, if you're just like a younger guy looking to you know help keep his life organized and balance, keep all the balls in the air, juggling metaphor, <laughs> keep all the balls in the air. Um, yeah, we can help you do that too. So, yeah, awesome. Let's uh, <laughs> thank you everybody who's supporting the podcast. Money, prayers, all of it. You guys rock. Let's say a quick prayer and, and rock and roll here. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together again. You say where two or three come together in your name, there you are with them. We pray that you're with us today, that you give us wisdom to share, um, and that we speak uh, with honesty and with truth, and that we treat your word appropriately as the holy word of God that it is. Uh, we pray that uh, this works in the hearts and souls of the men who listen, and it can be a blessing for us here at the table as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Proverbs chapter 7, guys. Woo-hoo. Talking about the adulteress. Any first thoughts here? Any first observations? We, I said we weren't going to. We can oh, if you want to. You want to read it? We can read it. I said we wouldn't, though, and I don't want to go back on my word. Yeah, we don't have to read it. Oh, it's it's pretty long. I feel like just go check it out, people. Open your Bibles. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. right. And it's a good encouragement for independent Bible study. Um, once again, we got to point out, man, first thing right there. My son, keep up the, my words and store up my commands within you. This is a... The father talking to his son, like literally pleading. Like we are on chapter seven now, and every single chapter we've had so far, it started with a father urgently pleading with his son, "Listen to me. Listen to my words of advice." And whether you want to see that as God speaking to each of us as is created, you know, the ones who He's begotten, or whether you want to see that as Solomon desperately trying to get his sons not to make the same mistakes he did, um, or whether you want to just see it as you know your own father giving folks you wisdom to you. Uh, whatever it might be, um, it all applies. It's all accurate, um, but it's a like the urgency in this pleading um, really, really strikes me. Especially once you get into conversations like this, because I don't like my parents did an awesome job of raising me, that, but we did not have urgent conversations, especially about adultery, quite like this. 
and definitely not without some sin preceding it. You know, and that's the thing that really strikes me about this is it's not like now that you've gone into the bed of the adulteress, it's no man, look what's coming down the pike towards you. You need to be ready for it. Here's some words of wisdom on the way. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, um, as a, as a man who eventually wants to be a father, uh, the thing that intimidates me the most about parenting is how am I gonna handle um, the 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 situation of, of porn, of, of lust, of things like that. Because what like I, I and this maybe this is too bit too big of a can of worms to open, and it's probably not about Proverbs seven, but like how how do you tell your kids about this stuff and educate them about it at a young age, but not um, open the door to to more? You know, like it, it, it just there's definitely a balance to strike. And I, as a 21 year old guy who doesn't have yeah. a girlfriend, much less a, a child, um, it's it's a balance that I've not found yeah. yet. Well, and I think the the easy and quick response uh, to that is you look at the way he lays it out here. You know, he's not saying he's not even getting graphic about. I mean, it, there is some pretty graphic language in there, but he's not getting graphic about like the act itself, right? Um, but he is very clearly laying out like, hey, these are the consequences, and then he ends it with a um, like it's not in this chapter, but if you go to the next chapter. It's all about wisdom's call, and it's all about the blessings of then being wise. Um, and so it just happens to be the way the chapters are broken down, that it's not in the chapter. But he immediately follows it with the gospel after that, right? So he says, these are all the dangers of misusing this gift. But, check it out, if you do it the right way, here's the blessing waiting for you. And that's in chapter 8 that, that yeah. gets talked about. Because this is purely just talking it about the It is straight law, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard... And again, I think you hit it on the head. I think porn is the new adulteress, definitely in the context of this uh, mm -hmm. proverb. But in reality, like, let's say we're talking about high school age kids. And you're just a freshman dude, or even college age kids. You're a freshman dude. You show up to campus, you show up to school, and some kind of upper class girl sees you and checks you out. Like, this kind of situation can be real. Yeah, You know, like this really happens where they just come to you and they persuade you and they just tell you all these good things about what will happen if you just go and lay with her or yeah. go and be with her, right? And I mean, and it goes vice versa, it's vice versa, right? It goes for girls, like for women too, like guys do this. I mean, yeah. quite frankly, like when I read this, it seems to me that I would imagine a guy doing what this adulteress did in this proverb. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think, I, I don't know, that might have something to do more with culture rather than... Um. Well, I think you're meeting different needs, too, as far as, like, the depravity of the soul. So, like, when our souls become depraved and warped in ways that are attempting to meet wounds, like, to heal wounds and to meet needs, right? Um, and so when we have these, like, I mean, we always, our culture jokes a lot about, like, girls with daddy issues, right, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's also, it's, it's I don't want to say it's funny because it really isn't funny. But it, it's, it's cliche because it's true. You know, cliches are cliches for a reason. And um, you think, of, like, you talk about, like, the w reason girls end up in, like, and, and so that's another thing that's true about our culture is guys are more likely to have, like, one-time sexual encounters and are more likely to sleep with multiple partners. Um, but women are more likely to have fewer sexual partners but actually more sexual encounters over time because they're sleeping with the same people over and over. So they get into a relationship, and they sleep with that guy over and over and over again. And you think about that, and, and the root of the idea of I'm, I'm missing out on this strong masculine love in my life, um, and I'm not seeking God, and I don't have a relationship with my dad or a father figure, at least right. not one that provides what I need, and so I'm seeking it in other places. Mm -hmm. right? and, you, and, and you recognize that, and then you look at a, a situation like this, like this specific one, she's talking about how her husband is away and he's away for a while. Yeah. Um, and that, like you start to recognize maybe, like, and this is all conjecture and it's also like a parable, mm -hmm. but you know, the idea that um, there's a need, a soul need that needs to be met and the devil works in that soul need, need um, to create like these deviant paths that you can go down to try and meet that need. Right. Um, and so... Yes, guys, I think, tend to be, tend, if you're thinking about, like, predatorial sexual relationships, 
even if it's not like rape or anything, but predatorial sexual relationships where you're convinced, you're like finding someone and convincing them to sleep with you. Yeah, a lot of times we think about guys, and I think guys probably are more likely to do that, but oftentimes in like, I don't know, like it, it's not so much about like guys want sex and so they get girls to have sex. Guys and girls are both looking for that, like different kinds of love, and they're seeking them out through sexually deviant behavior. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I'm, then that goes back to what Cameron asked. Sorry, I didn't interrupt no, you, but good. that's what goes back to what Cameron said. You know, like how do I have this conversation with kids um, in a way where it's not like, oh, no, I want to do no more, or it becomes like the Pandora's box of like, oh, no, I want to open it. You know. Yeah. And you talk about like. And, and and that's the big struggle, I think, most of us, and we've maybe talked about this before, like, when the sex conversation was had, either it was just like, a, and it's bad until you get married, or even, it's bad, um, or it's been just like a quiet, like, so don't do it yet, and it was no explanation of why you shouldn't do it yet. God says don't, so don't do it yet, yeah. and then someday it'll be great. Yeah. It's like, right. and it creates all this weirdness about it, like, well, it's going to be great, they said, yeah. so, you know. And on the other end, um, a lot of young couples, especially young Christian couples, struggle because when they get married, their sex lives aren't immediately magical. Like their wedding night, the sex is terrible. And then they go like, what happened? Like, well, you haven't had a whole lot of practice there, kid. You didn't well, make a ba basket the first time you shot either. And even uh, even <clears throat> beyond that, I think there's, you, you hear so many stories about, uh, I think the buzz term for it is, is purity culture, mm -hmm. um, you know this this idea among Christians that there's so there's so much shame attached to sexual sins, um, and so people people associate so much negativity with the idea that they could be struggling in this way, and so then their whole life sex has this this association with it of shame and of I am I'm dirty I'm I'm etc. And so then when, right, when, when, it, when it finally gets to the point where you can have sex in a God-pleasing way within marriage, they, it, it's, it's awful because they have sex with their husband or their wife, and still to them that's, that's somehow associated in their mind with sin. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and see, honestly, I think, like, just looking at the beginning of this passage, like, this is a call to moms and dads to help, well, and not even, like, even pastors and teachers to help kids understand what sex is and the true blessing of it, right? And the true consequences of it, okay? And I mean, like, I, and that's just taking it from sense because, like, it starts out, like, hopefully you all read before you got to this part of the podcast, right? Uh, Go read Proverbs 7. <laughs> read Proverbs 7, all of it. Uh, but it's like Solomon is standing from his house, the wisest man ever, and he's looking down and he sees a man, a young man, with no sense whatsoever. And I think that's how we should treat all of our kids until, I mean, un well, I mean, until they're adults, right? Like, they don't have sense. Like, I mean, they might very well understand things, but that doesn't mean that they have the wisdom to use what they understand in a way that's not going to harm them, right? And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tough line to toe, for sure. And, and sometimes the best... We're going to get Wanda involved here at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to check. I, but, well, I'm, I'm kind of bright new to this whole series, so I'm wondering if we're going like verse by verse or if we can just like jump, yeah, into just uh, jump in. Yeah, we're going to start with observations, and yeah. then... I didn't say that. Uh, we're going to start with observations um, and like first thoughts, and then we'll talk about um, like uh, verses we just want to call out and, and talk about gotcha. specifically, and then at the end we'll take big takeaways. Now that we're 10 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. 17 minutes, actually. <laughs> In case you didn't know, that's what we're going to do today. Yep, that's what we're going to do. Today. <coughs> sure. um, yeah, I, so I think we tend, I think maybe, I don't know if it's a Lutheran thing or just a conservative Christian thing, and not conservative politically, like conservative uh, spiritually. I think, or I don't know, not spiritually, theologically yeah. conservative. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, I think it's. We like to depend on the law sometimes to control behaviors, but the best way to control behavior is gospel motivation. Um, and recognizing that the law is often manipulative, but the gospel is mutually beneficial <laughs> to absolutely everybody involved. And so we tend to lead these conversations with the don't do it's 
you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying the, check out how great this is going to be someday. Well, and here's something to think about, too, though. It's like, yes, absolutely, there's a culture behind it that makes this negative thought very real. But, I mean, and a lot of people weigh on this kind of uh, part of the Bible pretty heavily. But, the, like, God says that adultery is a sin set, like, it is different from all other sin because you're committing something against yourself as well as someone else. So it does have a deeper impact. So I know, I, I mean, I'm definitely with you guys, like, there is a more negative connotation with it. But at the same time, like, even on the inside, our consciences know that there is something deeper to it. You know, because now it's not that, oh, I'm taking this candy bar from a candy store. It's like, at the same time that you're stealing from someone else, you're you're throwing some a part of yourself away, almost, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, and that's, so, um, two things popping in my mind. The first is, okay, yeah. So this is something I've struggled with a lot. And um, I've also, like, I've, I've dated, not seriously dated, but dated a few girls that have been, like, single moms and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And quite a few girls that have a sexual history of some sort. Um, and that always is a challenge for me, not from a, not from a, let me think of how to, how to phrase this. One of, one of the uh, reels that's been bouncing around on Instagram lately is, um, he's, he's Michael something, I can't remember his name. Um, but he talks about the idea of, like, if you're having sex before marriage and you're going around and you're, you know, each, every time you have sex with somebody, like, obviously, like, it's designed to unite you permanently, right? Yeah. And you're literally becoming one flesh, and even one, like, your souls are knit together now. Um, and that's why it's so powerful and good, and it's also why it's so dangerous. Pastor Novotny, in his sermon series about sex recently, called it fiery, right? Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely true. But one of the images that he used was the idea of, um, like, you put glue on a piece of paper, and then you stick that to another piece of paper, and it's supposed to just stay there and be stuck there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are having, and whether this is, it's adultery of any kind. This is premarital sex, this is pornography, this is masturbation, this is all of it, right? right. Because you're creating, you're either creating uh, physical intimacy or false intimacy um, in all those experiences, right? So each time then you tear off, like every time you have one of those interactions, um, then it's over, and it, it and now you're separate, and you're essentially tearing it off, and you think about that piece of paper no longer goes back to being a whole piece of paper. Now there's little pieces of paper stuck to all the different pieces of paper. And the thing that gives me so much struggle about that, both with my own history with pornography and recognizing um, that so many of the people around me and people that I love have some sort of sexual history, and that even includes among like my, my, the, my brothers that I love who are either training for ministry or are already pastors, who entered their marriage, like, didn't keep, you know, weren't virgins when they got married, right? Um, and it's a, such a huge struggle in my mind and in my heart. It's something I really have been struggling with lately, is this idea of the way that imagery looks is that piece of paper is permanently ruined and it cannot be fixed. Mm-hmm. And I haven't figured out how to reconcile that because God does forgive and he does restore and he does redeem and it's not a lost cause, that piece of paper is a lost cause. Yeah. And I haven't figured out how to redeem that. This is a little bit off topic. Of, of, sure. I think, I think you can't under, good stuff there. Right. You, you can't underestimate the power of, of God Almighty to, to fill our gaps. You know? mm-hmm. I think that there's certainly a, a huge psychological piece to, to this, which you just referenced. That's, I think yeah. that's a lot of what you were just saying. But just like... When you, when you commit sexual sin with somebody, you're stuck together with them, like you were saying. I mean, before Jesus, we're stuck to our sin, and that sin's going to drag us into the depths of hell. Like, yeah. the, the work of Jesus Christ Whew. is enough to, to rip us away from that sin forever. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, period. There's, there's not mm-hmm. a room for... for there's, there, there's not a sin that you've committed that God's thinking you know what, yeah, that one's too much. Or like, yeah. G- Jesus says, it is finished, except, you guys listening, the thieves on the cross, you guys you guys tuning in here, there's the one sin that that, that um, if you commit it, you're still going to hell. No. If, if, if that was how it was going to be, Jesus wouldn't have come, and he wouldn't have done what he did, because it wouldn't have been enough. 
Yeah, but it was. Well, and I think the idea that Pastor Mike Mabani might have been trying to might have been trying to hit on is the fact that, like, although all that's true, there's still going to be those mental repercussions about it. Oh yeah, because you know what you did, and even though you have been forgiven, since we're still living in an imperfect world, we're never going to be able to grasp that perfectly. Right. Right. And I think that the act of committing adultery and having sex with someone or watching porn it's going to be stuck in your mind yeah in the back regardless of how deep in the back that it is but it's gonna be there well you can you can be four you years know? sober from from being an alcoholic and if if you fall into sin again you could get thrown right back into the cycle of addiction i think True, I, yeah. I, I don't think that um i don't think that this um skeleton not skeleton in the closet but like that this this tiny thing in the corner, this voice in the back of your mind nagging you to commit this sin or, or this, um, like, as you put it, this, this piece of paper that won't ever be the same again. I don't think that's, that's exclusive to sexual sin. I think that it might be distinct, but I think mm -hmm. that, that sin, sin destroys and tarnishes wherever it goes. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But, yeah. but the Lord Jesus Christ has crushed the power of sin. To what extent do you think our, like, Christian culture, like, really harping on this particular sin. Do you think, because, I, do you, I, like, Gus even talked about like, the idea that sexual sins are, they're not on another level as far as guilt goes, but as far as consequences, they have even greater World, consequences. Well, definitely worldly consequences, yeah. just to clarify that, yeah. No. no, but they also have, they do have bigger soul consequences, well, too. They, they no, just they do. do. Um, so is that, the fact that, we, I don't know, is it is it from God and from Scripture that we put those sins kind of on the pedestal of wickedness? Or is it right that we do that? You know what I mean? Like, you look at, like, the Virginity Rocks t-shirts, and, like, I, there was somebody that reached out to me and wanted to, to uh, collaborate, um, and she does this ministry, and it's all about abstinence. And it's, like, all about abstinence all the time, and even helping, like, Christians who... Um, even about helping Christians who are sexually active to to stop and then wait for marriage, um, but it's almost become like the goal is, and that's what I struggle with both about the Virginia Rocks thing and with this other ministry that I'm talking about is the goal ends up being not a healthy marriage relationship in the end. It glorifies the virginity portion. Of it. Like the whole point isn't being a virgin when you get married. The whole point is being able to give your whole heart and your whole soul to the person you're with and unite. Right. And and frankly, make that first, like those first interactions, a whole lot easier, um, and, and and a more accurate picture of how Christ loved the church. Although, man, you could come back with that too and say like, Christ loved the church, even though the church constantly strays. Yeah. And the idea that even someone who has strayed and become an adulterer. Um, when that day finally comes and they stand before the altar and they make promises to each other and they make those vows and now they're united to their spouse, yeah. what that might even be an even greater picture of God's love um, of saying like, yep, I know your sin and I still choose, still choose you. Well, we can't I don't use, know. We can't, we can't toe the line of, of using grace as a license to sin either. Agreed. Right? Which I don't think obviously you were trying to do, but like yeah. it, it's, it's, it's very true to say that it's a, an absolutely beautiful picture uh, to, to, to imagine, you know, a couple is, is getting close to marriage. One of the two confesses this, this struggle they've had in their life, and their partner chooses to love them anyway and say, yeah. you've been forgiven. You've been renewed. Um, if this is something you're, you're still struggling with, we're going to work through it. Right. Um, and and maybe, maybe think about how we want to um, work through it a little bit more before we before we uh, get married, so that we can we can live with this with from a place of strength. That's what Palestinoa says in IPC that when we have these struggles, we want to, as cold workers especially, we don't want to speak about them necessarily so publicly until we can talk about them from a place of strength. I think that you you've certainly done that with your own struggles. You're able to talk about them on this podcast because even if even though it's something that's still a temptation and probably always will be, you're able to say this is this is what God's done in my life. This is how I've been able to move forward. And a quick jump in before you. I also want to make something really clear, especially to dudes, right? Um, you might still have your virginity, but if you're a dude in particular who has been watching porn and fantasizing, even like whether it's about the porn 
or whether it's about people around you in your daily life, fantasizing and masturbating then on those fantasies, you're creating the exact same bonds and connections and soul ties that you, people who have been sleeping around are creating. Yeah. So this is not a people who have had sex and now are you know regretting it. This is a anybody who's committed sexual sin in their hearts. Um, you, you're all create. We're all creating these bonds. Yeah. Um, and so we can't separate. Like yeah, they're different. Like they're not the same, but it's the same. It's the it's, no. Well, not you're the same. doing half. Like right, the, it, all the scars are still there, yeah. and this is still something you need to deal with, and you can't like, it's you. It's really easy to 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 get into that temptation of like, well, yeah, I've committed these sins, but they're not as bad as these sins. Right. That's an easy temptation to fall into. Go ahead. Well, and something that I was thinking we ought to like clarify and discuss is the difference between addiction versus having that one time sex interaction or two times. You know what I mean? Because I think that's tough and. <laughs> Just kind of going back to your alcoholism analogy, it's like, I think that is definitely true if we're talking about, like, pornography addiction and maybe nymphomania, you know, those kind of people. But I think there's a lot of guys out there who might have just had that one or two encounters with a girl, you know, and it's like, they're feeling the same level of guilt, if not more so, honestly, than people who are struggling with addiction. Because when you struggle with addiction, a lot of times what happens is your conscience becomes softened, right? Whereas these guys, they've only done something once or twice with a couple girls or the same girl. And so it's fresh in their mind. Like yeah. their conscience, sorry, isn't dulled whatsoever to what they're doing. And so mm -hmm. they're feeling tremendous pain compared to those who log onto their computer at 3 p.m. every day and watch something on there and do whatever. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big piece of that, uh, like, of that, like, the, the levels of sin idea is that my conscience has been dulled to it. So, like, yeah, I've watched a lot of porn, masturbated a lot, but I'm still a virgin. Like, okay. At that point, yeah. Like, if you're <laughs> right. able to say that, that's yeah. because you seriously don't feel the weight of that sin any yeah. longer. Right, exactly. I think we might overuse the word addiction. Okay. Yeah. I think sure. that as sure. as a culture, I think we I think we definitely. Yes. I can get the yeah. yeah. Um, no, I agree. And so, uh, actually, Professor Professor Thomas Nass yesterday in class was saying we were talking about the story of David and Bathsheba, which is certainly relevant to this topic. Okay. Um, he said in class, which I, I thought was really cool, um, in inside every human heart is the potential to commit every single sin. Inside every human heart is the potential to commit every single sin, and so that includes adultery, that includes murder, that includes like all these things. We are we are destroyed in our souls um, apart from Christ by sin, and so as a result, there's there's the seed. There's a, there's a bunch of little seeds lined up, and different circumstances, different things in our lives, different ways that our brains are wired can can elevate those seeds and even water them, cause them to grow, but. I think that that's a good picture of sin because it puts sin in its place. Um, somebody who struggles with sexual sin regularly is not any different than somebody who struggles with um, just hating people in his life yeah, or true. stealing yeah. or, or right. coveting. Um, yeah. And so many of these sins are, are intertwined too. And it's it's just a matter of, of how can I resist that sin. And so I think that's a comfort to to guys that are listening or girls that are listening who are regularly struggling with sexual sin is that this is not something that masters you. You don't need to you don't need to live with this idea that oh dang it my brain out of all the millions of people on the, on, on the planet my brain is just broken, you know? Yeah, I, I right. just I just can't stop thinking about sex. I can't stop um, falling into to temptation and watching porn or or um, sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend. You you're not broken. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you just haven't found your strategy yet. Yeah. And and maybe you ha maybe you had a strategy that worked for a while, and then you and then you fell back into it because Satan's really good at at twisting your arm until it happens. You know, so just keep fighting. Yeah. And my my very small pushback to that would be there definitely is pornography addiction. Um, oh, there and, is. Like, there is. But like, not everybody who's struggling with sin right. is addicted. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Well, and we throw it around with like, oh, I'm addicted to this coffee. I'm addicted to this. No, yeah. like it gives your sin too so much power. Right. Yeah. yeah. But and then and, and you recognize it's about the difficulty of coming out of it. Right. Yeah. Like if you've tried for three or four years with 
like consistent effort to stop something and it just won't, you need to go get help and it's probably an addiction. Yeah. And maybe three or four years is too long. But like, <laughs> if you're talking about like coffee, like I'm addicted to coffee. No, you're not. Don't drink coffee for three days. You won't be addicted anymore. You know, like sure, stop yeah. drinking coffee then and all of a sudden you won't be. There's a big difference between those. And you're right. It's licensed to sin. It's yeah. giving myself an excuse. Well, I'm addicted, so I guess I just keep doing it. Well, and I think I... Oh, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> and at the same time, though, I think it, like, doesn't necessarily... Okay. Now, this is, this is just kind of like... I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. Um, I think that addiction does get overused, but I think also sometimes people can use that as a way to express the... Like, how bad the problem is. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it does get used far too often but i think sometimes when people are rooted in their sin to say to them like dude it seems like you're addicted to this that's how extreme it is Mm -hmm. like for you to get out of this sin that you're committing it's going to take drastic measures is what it seems like i have no problem with the word as long as we don't as long as we don't let it bring it bring us (laughs) Yeah. yeah well and i also i find myself sometimes because of the way i've struggled with porn specifically I do find myself sometimes overreact like when people cuz because I'm so open about my story people then often share it with me and I have a tendency to like jump to the worst degree of yeah. my experience you know where it's like hey this is something I'm struggling with a little bit and I'll be like I remember those days you're like you're so trapped and then they'll be like um yeah I and so I I did like the brain buddy assessment and it says I'm like 85% unlikely right. to yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah you're probably right my bad um but yeah definitely definitely a thing why do you got anything you want yeah, to throw well, in I there, think bro? you got uh, the next 10 minutes to yourself <laughs> <laughs> i think going on the topic of going on the topic of addiction i think it's important to remember remember that we are all addicted to sin like there's nothing by ourselves that we can do to get rid of that and so going into um, the ministries that we we know that there's law but there's also the gospel so that's a really good way of remembering that we cannot get ourselves out of this like we need somebody to do it for us and i think we all know that the only way to do that is through jesus um the other thing i want to get back to was how do we uh how gus and cameron were talking about how do we make ourselves better now that we know that we're addicted well here in verse three we we read that it says bind them on your fingers like bind my laws the commandments that i've given you to your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart so it's even just like Simple thing says, when you know that you're about to do something you're not supposed to, like recite verses from the Bible to remind you that you're not supposed to do these things and how great it is that when you don't do these things, you're going to get a reward from it, you know? And that's something a lot of people don't do. And something that I realized that helps me a lot is just uh, verses from Elijah. uh, When he says, uh, oh God, create a new heart in me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And those are the words, like, although they might seem like, they're nothing. They're the meaningful. They have. They carry so much power because they're talking. Is like a connection between you and God. We're talking about intertwined relationships. Well, let's talk about the relationships we have with our with our Father. You know. So those little things like that can help you a lot too. Yeah. And what I hear when what you're saying is intentionality, and when what the the Proverbs is saying is intentionality. Like even before the temptation comes, you tied them to your fingers. You're wearing them on the ta- or you're writing them on the tablet of your heart. Um, in other places, it talks about putting them on your door frame, you know, uh, talking about them on the road, all that kind of stuff, right? It's just always on your mind and your heart so that when that temptation comes, you've like preloaded that decision, right? So when stress comes, you've already preloaded this decision. This is how I behave when that comes. It's the idea of like, you know, the reason you do like good coaches do situational practices, right? So if you're a good basketball coach, one of the things you're going to do is say, you know, like, all right, put two minutes on the clock. We're down by five. Here's how we win the game. And you do that, you know, two or three times a week throughout the season. And then you get to the playoffs and you're down by five with two minutes left. Everybody knows what you're supposed to do. Everybody knows how to play this game, right? And and you can do the same thing with your sin. And when you turn then to the second half of Proverbs chapter Mm 7, and you look at this guy, um, especially down at the end, like verses 22, 23, all at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, which is as condemning as it gets. Um, uh, till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, like that kind of stuff, right? And then yeah. actually earlier on to um, verses 6 through like 10, um, I noticed a young man, who, a youth who lacked judgment, 
He was going down the street near the corner, walking along the direction of her house. He's not going to her. He just happens to walk in past her house, yeah. right? And then she comes out, and she's crafty, and she yeah. just, like, flips his mind. Right. I was going in this direction, well, but and, woo! Well, and see, <laughs> here's you know? what I think is interesting about the description of the woman herself, like, in verses, I think it's, like, 10 through, uh, what is it, 19, 20? Yeah, like, 10 through 20, 21 or something, that it's, like, describing this interaction between this woman. And, like, honestly, like, you look at that kind of thing, and quite frankly, like, you look, you, you would think to yourself, I would never let a woman do that to me. <laughs> you know, like, it's easy to that's say. a messed up situation. And, like, based on maybe stereotypes or images of what women like this might be like, it would be kind of frightening. I would not be attracted to this woman, you know? But the fact that he was doing nothing to put himself in that way of temptation, and it came to him. On verse 21, you know. straight up says, with pervasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. Yeah. She's even talking about like fellowship offerings. She's bringing God into it. And she's like, she's not just like walking up and saying, hey, babe, you like, want to go for a ride? She's like doing the work and building relationship and building like all this. She's do. She's like selling herself to him, literally. Yeah. Um, and after all of her crafty intent, then he succumbs to the temptation and it's not just that she's there and tempting him, but he then stands there and allows her to continue to tempt him. And that's that intentionality that Wanda was talking about. Like, he didn't have a plan for when the temptation came. Like, he wasn't like, all right, so, you know, I'm going this place on Friday. Like, I know I struggle on Friday nights, so I'm going to this place with these bros. And if I don't show up, they're going to text me and be like, hey, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Um, they, he, he's just wandering. And when you're just wandering, it's really easy to get lost. Yeah. I even I even think that what you said has a, a lot of value because you could be doing absolutely nothing wrong, and yet still be tempted by the devil. You know, yeah. and like how do you how do you deal with that, right? Like the intentionality aspect of it is such a big deal. Yeah, and see, it's like expand this a little bit more. Honestly, this can be used for just about every sin. Like every sin can be that adulterous. Like you don't know. Like you could just be walking through a store and you see something that you want and you don't want to pay for or you don't have the money for and it's like yeah well i'm just gonna slip that in my pocket real quick and keep on walking well in reality most know? like even most theft most um like gossip most all those different sins yes they like like they're kind of like it they meet a need or whatever but mostly you're doing them for the way it makes you feel you know mm -hmm. you're getting like this and whether it's an endorphin hit or whether it's just like the adrenaline rush or whatever, that's why they escalate. That's why it starts with just a little rumor, and all of a sudden you're spreading huge gossip. That's why it starts with like stealing a baseball card because you want it, and it becomes, you know, like, I, I don't want to make it sound crazy, like hijacking cars, but like it, it escalates because <laughs> well, like, it grows over time. Easy, I feel like. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that because then I'm going to set myself up for getting robbed. <laughs> if you spend enough time around me, or just you anyone in Minnesota, about. they leave their cars unlocked all the time. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, that's the other. That's the other great thing about New Orleans. There's only like four roads in and out. So if your car does get stolen, like they gotta stop for gas somewhere. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> like, if your bike gets stolen, it's gone forever. Yeah, that's true. That happened to me last year. R.I.P. I would say the other main verse that jumped out to me from this Proverbs is uh, verse 19, when it says, "Let's enjoy ourselves with love," and isn't mm. that how everybody? right now wants to act right like we hear all this like oh we only live once or like let's just get messed up because we're gonna die eventually right and we're in this like culture cultural thing where we just want to get as far away from god as possible because we just want to have fun and we just want to do our own thing and we just want to you know have sex and do drugs and like hijack cars whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> that's and, all we want to do yeah and like kids these days Charlie just has a fleet of cars at his house the next week <laughs> honestly i would not be surprised but seriously going back going back to it it's such a oh. it's such a it's such a big thing because we we like we were talking about cultural aspects before and how we don't realize that this is how we live this is how we live and like we don't realize it as much because we go to MLC. Everybody has the same values. Everybody grew up in the same church. For the most part. For the most yeah. part, yeah. the majority lived on the on the same values. The majority has the same values. But there's people in other colleges that don't know about the Lord and Savior. That they don't know about these type of things. That they just want to do their own thing, and they don't realize that what they're doing is going to lead them to die and to suffer and all that kind of stuff. So. 
I think that's a big part of this Proverbs in general. Yeah. I, I wanted to, as we were talking about a lot of this stuff and about how um, the temptation can be so strong and, and, and Satan is, is so good at crafting temptations specific to individuals. Um, he's really good at, at finding the chink in our armor and, and sticking a spear in it, um, so to speak. And I, it made me think of a chapel from a few weeks ago, Pastor Dave Scharf gave, and it was one of my favorite chapels I've ever heard at MLC. Um, he, it, his text was from uh, the Ten Plagues, and it, right at the beginning of this story, when uh, when Moses throws down his his staff and it turns in, or he, he turns a snake into a staff and then throws it down and it becomes a snake again, um, and the Pharaoh's magicians came and they were able to do the same thing, and so we talked about how Satan is really good at making a counterfeit version of what God can do. He's really good at that, and it can look the same. And then he took that and made an analogy for our lives, and he said, "God, God says, um, cast all your anxiety upon me, and I'm going to care for you." You know, um, he says, um, "I'm going to lift you up in due time." He said, "I'm going to, I'm going to fill you up." And Satan says the same thing. And he's not doing it with he's not doing it with a, a, a man on a cross. He's doing it with alcohol. He's doing it with sex, and he can make you feel really really good. He can make you feel like you just had the best night of your entire life. And soon, you're not going to know what it felt like to have um, a life where, where you didn't rely on alcohol to have a good time. You, you're not going to remember what it was like before you could satisfy your sexual desires every single night. But you're not full. You're not full at all. Um, instead, you're, 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 you're getting that high, and then Maybe the next time the high isn't as high, <laughs> and soon yeah. you're not feeling many highs at all. All you're feeling is the weight of your your sin, and maybe you're not feeling the weight of your sin, and and so so easily you can just get super messed up on this stuff because it's it's counterfeit, it's fake, and so I I, I thought that was a really cool way of of thinking about your sin because when you when it's just a battle against Satan, when every single night or every single day, whenever you're tempted. It's a situational thing. In this moment, in this moment, she is covering her bed with colored linens from Egypt. She's perfuming her bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. She's saying, come, let's drink of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. In that moment, you're not having a, a month-long, years-long battle with, with temptation. I am having a temptation in this moment. And am I going to say, all right, Satan, let's party? Or am I going to say... I have a God who says I am making all things new. Yeah. Having that daily mindset instead of, oh, this happened long ago, and I've been, it's been happening over and over again. Treating each time you have that temptation as if it's the first time you've had that temptation and going to God right away. One of, my, uh, one of the books I read this summer, um, The Executioner's Redemption. Um, he talked about, he's, he's like a, he was a prison guard in the, on the death wing or whatever, death row in Texas. Um, and then he later, later on became a Lutheran pastor in the Missouri Synod. And one of the things he talked about was, as a stop it. <laughs> They're doing like anti-Christ symbols over here. Anyway. Okay, he's putting oh up the sign. Okay, sorry. What's Gustav? I think about that scene in, in the office where he's like, Dwight, why are you taking off your clothes? <laughs> he has a knife. Gustav, put that pentagram down. <laughs> Gosh. Gustav's turning a staff into a snake? <laughs> you know what they say about Montana. You know what they say about Montana. Anyway, anyway, one of the things he talked about in the book was prayer clauses, is what he referred to him as. Yeah. But the idea of throughout the day, anytime like something... Like exactly what Gus said, treating every temptation, treating every difficulty, treating all the all that stuff as if it's the first time it's ever happened, and immediately taking it to Jesus. So, like when he'd be working with somebody on on, you know, on death row, and they would just like, because those guys, they either they're at peace most of the time, or they are so good at manipulating and piercing people's armor and things like that. That's part of the reason they are where they are, mm -hmm. and so. Like you have these guys who are incredibly skilled at being like sociopaths who can diminish you in a moment, right? Mm -hmm. And it's your job to still treat them with kindness and love and respect. 
Yeah. And so you have those moments where you're like, yep, I can't do this on my own. And you like he, the way he, he talked about it is sometimes it was literally a broom closet. Go shut himself in a broom closet and talk to Jesus for a few minutes. Yeah. Or whether it's a corner of his office or literally just like as he's sweeping the floor, he pauses in a corner, takes a deep breath, gives it to Jesus. And he keeps doing what he's doing. Yeah. And and that was a huge thing for me. And that kind of revolution. Like I all I, for several years, I've been just kind of talking to Jesus, but it hasn't been consistent. And the idea of the prayer closet has kind of helped to make it consistent in my own life where I can. And it's still not perfect, obviously. Um, but, like, if something's going on during the day, I can be like, oh, time to talk to, G- time to, talk to Jesus about this. Yeah. And it can even just be something that pops into my mind. Oh, man, yep, I'm going to say a quick prayer for her. Or like, oh, man, I know my dude's struggling. Got to say a quick prayer for that. Or, like, a negative interaction with somebody immediately, just as I'm walking away, give it to Jesus. Um, I do something that I don't lo- like. I see something in myself that I do not like. Oh, it's not of me. It's not of him. Let's give it to him. Let him take it. He wants to carry yeah. that burden. And so giving it to him and let him carry it. Well, for sure. And bringing this to an application then is it's like you learn that by reading a book. And how old are you now? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm old not as sure. dirt. <laughs> okay. Just Chill, about to turn dude. 30 next summer. 29. Okay. Anyway, no, <gasps> not really the point. <laughs> yeah. dun, dun, dun. I did. I did get a laugh yesterday. P. Rob in chapel was like, some of your parents and grandparents remember 9-11. And I was like, bro, I was in like fourth grade. <laughs> but I looked around and there's like a 19-year-old sitting next to me and he's nodding. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway, that wasn't the point that I'm trying to get at. But the point that I'm trying to get at is you learned this tactic of prayer when you were much older. Like, I mean, you've been right. praying your whole life. But to bring this to an now application, that I'm an older man. how are kids, how are our people supposed to really learn this information? That's when they're children. Yeah, you know, so this is really a task for adults and parents and teachers and pastors that our kids don't know how to pray. They don't know when to pray. They don't know what to pray about. You know, yeah. and so bringing this around to this, I mean, I mean, quite frankly, it's a pretty disgusting situation that this kid found himself in. Yeah, he doesn't know what to do. He should have stepped away. He should have walked into a different door and prayed. Yeah. He should have well he should have just dropped down on his knees right there in front of the woman and prayed to God and hopefully that would have freaked her out and she would have walked away. <laughs> no no, well okay. But either way, he should have gone this to is God. A holy help, man. Right? Right? I mean th- that's what he should have done. Yes. But he I, had no way of knowing that that's what he should have mm-hmm. done. Yeah, verse verse uh, twenty five says, Do not let your heart turn to her ways or strain her past. Twenty six says, Many are the victims she has brought down. Or slain our mighty throng. I spoke earlier about like continuing to fight until you find your strategy. I think it, that there's there's something that's similar that kind of goes in the opposite direction. Like once you've found your strategy to resist temptation, find the thing that works for you to fill every corner of your day with your God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and whether that's a prayer room, whether that's if maybe that works really well for you. Maybe there's people listening that are like, number one, I don't have a room that I can dedicate. Number two, I just I just I just don't like this said, I don't really know how to I don't know how to pray yet. Yeah. You know that that's something that's really intimidating me to me, like um, finding this time to pray. And so find what works for you. Maybe maybe right now the thing that fills your day with with thoughts of your savior is cranking your favorite worship music in the car. Hymns for him by Camp Phillip. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, um, okay, we don't do yeah, we talk about this. No, that's part of the gig, man. Let's talk about whatever you should plug your stuff. Man. Yeah. Um, there, I want to recommend a book as well. There's a fantastic book by Pastor Mike Novotny called Three Words That Will Change Your Life. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I read that book kind of. I think it was. A, I started reading it because I started a book club last year. The first time that I got quarantined from LLC. And there were oh. there were five subs, five quarantines total, and so I got to spend a lot of time reading that. <laughs> but uh, this book, I'll, I'll spoil it for you. The three words are "God is here," mm-hmm. and when yeah. you can be keenly aware of the fact that your God is here, not that He's a God that's far away, not that He's a God that was there for the Israelites, but isn't quite that He's not working in that way for me these days. I think we hear a lot of contrast between the God of the Bible and how He worked, and the God of today and how He worked. It's the same God. He did the same thing for you that did for them. Um, finding ways to saturate your life with Jesus um, is is literally life-changing. And that book, it gave me some tools. So three words that will change your life. I'll put a link to that down in the description. Well, and see, that's really intimidating, too, you know. And and I think, I mean, I don't really know what Charlie's uh, listener's demographic is, but I'd imagine it's me. That's it. People from Ukraine. People who don't have children. Yeah, no, it's like... (laughs) I don't know. Well, it's people that don't have kids, people who do have kids, and yeah. even kids themselves. Young right? men. Yep. Young men, old men, 
whatever. You know, it's <laughs> middle-aged man. Okay. Well, no, you going to say? I'm sorry, I'm just saying, <laughs> either way, it's still intimidating, regardless of what yeah. point in life you are. Yeah. Because you might just be hearing us talk about this, and this is your first time hearing the, this message that you should be getting Jesus in every part of your day. Yeah. And sharing that with the people you love, that's what's most important, quite mm -hmm. frankly, because they well, might not you be getting work. Yeah, probably 10.45. Oh, okay. Never mind. My bad. I'm going to catch you back, bro. Thanks, man. But yeah. I, uh, I want to I wanna take something that I said back, and I said that... Um, like this, this guy in the story, he didn't know what he was doing. But like I was reading verses um, six through six through eight again. I always forget. I was reading verses six through eight again, and it, it kind of seemed to me that this man knew exactly where he was going. And like we see on verse nine or in verse ten, when it says that the woman came out to meet him, like, he's not saying that she just oh casually stumbled upon him, right? Like she came out to meet this man, and he was going exact. He knew exactly what he was doing. And so to me, that's like also a reminder that. Dude, you gotta just watch out, you know? Yeah. Like, you well, he was walking by the temptation, or, right? or, Like, he, everybody should have known. Yeah. Everybody in that town knew that yeah. that temptation was there because generally prostitutes. Well, you think about, like, the, like woman, the woman at the well. Even if yeah, she's not yeah. an actual prostitute, which the woman at the well doesn't sound like she was, and like an actual prostitute, everybody in town knew who she was, right. you know? I think he knew, like, yeah. I wonder who's over here. Yeah. Right. I mean, oh, think about... Oh, well, look. We talk about gateway temptations, yep, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. scrolling through Instagram. Well, I mean, I like working out. I'm going to check out some... Ooh, she's doing... Uh, and all right. of a sudden, you're just, like, looking at booty, you know? Yeah. 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 And then the other thing with what Cameron said is that um, a sin does not define you. Like, mm -hmm. and again, not, not to say that grace is a license for you to sin, but, like, when you're in that type of place where you've committed something and you really feel guilty about it, don't let that define who you are. Like, you're covered by, oh, I don't know, a garment of grace, you know? Like, you're forgiven. Like, don't let that bring you down, and don't let that make you farther away from Christ. Yeah. And there isn't some other garment underneath that it's covered, like some other tattered, disgusting, gross garment underneath. It is the garment you are wearing. It is Christ's righteousness. You're not wearing anything else. That's all you need. Yeah. There's a song that was released two days ago called Homecoming by Buffalo Music. I'm I'm loving this song. The words of the chorus are, Scarlet sins had a crimson cost. You nailed my debt unto the cross. Empty slate at the empty grave. Thank God that stone is rolled away. Yeah. That Those lyrics absolutely smack me in the face because it just it just says says it how it is. My sins had that cost, but, but that cost was paid, and thank God that it was. And that's why I can stand up at, under my sin, you know? And that's why I don't have to stand up under my sin because Jesus did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, takeaways, fellas. And then plug our stuff and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Any takeaways, big takeaways from our discussion today? First of all, my, okay, also connection <laughs> to the book. This. Read the book? Yep. You know what I'm talking about. This is it right here. Mm -hmm. um, I'll start with my takeaways since I threw you guys under the bus a little bit. Not under the bus, you know what I mean. So my takeaway is just more so about how blessed I am to have dudes like you around me every single day. Um, and the fact that we can have, like, we did not prep this conversation whatsoever. Nope. We sat down, and uh, not only was this, I think, conversation incredibly beneficial for each of us, um, but the fact that we get to share that and we have a platform for it. And uh, it's the bold prayer, like, Lord, establish the work of our hands for us. Yeah, I just want to go next, because I'm going to say something, and I kind of want you guys to respond to it, maybe. But I think that the awesome part, well, not necessarily the awesome part, but something that we ought to notice about this passage, too, is it doesn't say what the destination was past the adulterer's house. You know what I mean? Like, he could have just been walking by, or he could have been going to his favorite coffee shop that was right next to her house. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what you're, like, temptation will spring on you no matter what. But he wasn't walking with purpose and direction, for this, sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it said it said he had no sense. So like yeah. it again it goes with the He's intentionality thing. Yeah. But uh takeaways on the podcast. Yeah, no, I just think it's walk with sense. Yeah. You know, regardless of where you're going or what you're walking by or what you're doing in your life, be aware of what's around you and be aware of what's going on. Yeah. And uh, you know, like constantly know your savior. And whether that be by praying at whatever moment you can or Knowing your scripture, memorizing some of God's words to help you in those moments. 
because that's just as powerful. Walking with purpose is one of the most important things about a Christian life. Like, you cannot walk a Christian life without purpose that's attached to your Savior. What do you think, Wanda? I would say something along the same lines as Gus. Um, be a man or a woman after God's own heart. You know, have Him all the time present in your life. And just realize that He's always with you. He's never going to leave you alone. And like what Gus says, just memorize the Bible passages. Or realize that what you're doing is wrong and just repent from it. And when you repent, don't let that bring you down. Don't let the sin that you've committed bring you down. But allow that to help you help other people that are going through the same situations. Can I just say, if anybody... Um, if anybody was built from the ground up to wear the name David, it might be you. Like, <laughs> you're pretty dope, dude. Um, <laughs> the uh, I just like the just the gifts that you have and the way you uh, can pour into other people and, and even the way you just sat here and soaked it all in and then just dumped some wisdom on us, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank um, you. Yeah. Everything um, for the glory of God. Amen to that. Yeah, um, I, li I like uh, verse 22. Um where it says that once he followed her like an ox going to slaughter. I don't like that, but I, I like the, the imagery. I think when you think about an ox going, going to the slaughter, that ox is probably powerless. But it says like an ox going to the slaughter. It doesn't say he was powerless. It says he was like it was he was powerless. And so I think, um, I, I hope this podcast can empower listeners to, to realize that, yes, you are the most likely to, to fall into your pet sins. You know, you, you have your own list of, of what's difficult for you. And, and all that's true, and Satan's going to keep working, but you're also the most equipped to resist your pet sins mm -hmm. with your own knowledge of yourself. And so don't be like an ox going to the slaughter. You're free. You're free. And I hope that, I hope that that's the takeaway that a lot of people can have from this, is that um, you're, you're listening to a podcast right now that's, that's being put on by four dudes who struggle with a variety of different sins. And we're all working through it too. Mm -hmm. And so don't don't let any of this be a law that a law piece that, that weighs in your heart for the rest of the day. You know, let it let it be the springboard, let it be a warning, because that's what this this proverb is intended to be is a warning. Um, and then and then take it and just, just start taking the next step. Yeah. Wherever you're at, just take the next step. Oh, so I to go back to Wanda, uh, what Wanda said about pursuing or uh, being a man after God's own heart. It's not like a title you wear that you've achieved, like, yep. I am now a man after God's heart. This is an active pursuit, yeah. and it's lifelong. You can't be a man after God's heart if you're not after His heart Absolutely. all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a that's that is like that is what it means to be a man of God is to be actively not even pursuing God, but God's heart every moment of every day, and doing it faithfully for a lifetime. Well, I really like Cameron's quote: "You're equipped to resist." Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Gives us everything we need. All right, gentlemen, we love you all. Keep us in your prayers. We keep you in our prayers for sure. Um, go sign up for the retreat. Oh, plug your stuff. Sorry. You can follow me on Instagram at Escobar and at FreshFaith.com. Whatever that Instagram <laughs> cap is. I I'll put it up. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Gustavo Wins. I'm generally the only one. Gustaviano Wenzo, yeah, right? Gustaviano Wenzo. <laughs> spell it out, spell it out. G-U-S-T-A-V-I-A-N-O-W-E-N-Z-O. Uh, -E nice. They might be changing that soon. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. Yeah. I'm Cam Shro on Instagram. C-A-M-S-C-H-R-O. And uh, listen to Hymns for Him. Where can we find Absolutely it? listen to Hymns on for Him. On every streaming platform. Uh, it's it's a an album of reworked and rewritten hymns. Um, and I think it'll, I think it'll fill your heart with the spirit. I just listened to that. It's, it moves I'm you. I just want to shake your hand. It moves you. I haven't listened to it yet. It I is, genuinely want to put it on right now. What is wrong with you, Charlie? I'm, Volume I'm sorry, two coming. Don't, don't be like Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, listeners, don't be like Charlie. Be the ones I'm to just, listen to it I'm before I'm upset Charlie that I wasn't involved. <laughs> You're better than Charlie. Okay, also, I get to control when this kid's post, so I'm going to listen to it before I post it. Just to slight you, guys. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, ah, dude, I... Again, love your gifts. Love the way you use them for Jesus. Proud of you, man. Um, you can find uh, Gird Up, uh, www.girdupministries.com. Uh, Facebook, which is Gird Up. It's the Gird Up podcast. And then Instagram, Gird Up underscore B underscore A underscore man. Love you all. Go be the men of God, crazy to be. We'll talk to you next time.
On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we will be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.